0: So I had my wife bring my laptop into the hospital and I edited everything. No, you didn't. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I did. I edited from in the hospital. I used my Wi-Fi, my hotspot on my telephone to upload it to Buzzsprout, did the orthonic, everything.
1: Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzsprout show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, Head of Content at Buzzsprout. And you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've learned along the way. Now, today is a special episode because we are actually bringing back our first return guest, and that is Rob Bowersocks, who co-hosts his podcast with his wife, Major League Eventing. And a couple things that we talked about in this episode that I think are really valuable for you as a podcaster. First and foremost, we talked about how to deal with haters, because once you start to put some episodes under your belt and cross the one-year threshold like Rob has, you're sure to encounter people that aren't necessarily big fans of your podcast, and they'll let you know it. (laughs) And so we talk about how he has learned to cope with that kind of feedback and to not take it personally, but find the constructive criticism that he can use to make his podcast better. And then we also talked about their new Facebook group that they started just a little over a month ago that within the first six weeks exploded to 2,500 group members. And it's a highly active group where everyone's engaged and contributing. And so Rob shares his tips for how they went about creating the group and how they've been able to sustain a level of growth and success with that group so far. But to start off, Rob caught me up on everything that's happened in the last six months since we had our first interview.
0: Since we've talked last, we've had, um, we recorded our 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 number one episode since. So the one that was like a long standing episode from maybe our first 10. We had a guest that we knew, we're actually pretty good friends with this fella. And he's one of the tops in the sport. I mean, he shattered the, the all-time downloads in, in a week. And um, really, it was funny. It was our first. Um, it was our first exposure to huge, widespread. You know, people who don't listen to podcasts but they follow this one competitor. You know, so people were introduced to the podcast and to sport and things like that. And a lot of really good, awesome feedback. And then it was my first taste of internet hate. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's tough to swallow because, you know, you, you, you think you did something great and you have all these people that love it. And then, uh, you know, someone on the internet calls you archaic or <laughs> because of some opinion that we had. So basically in a nutshell, our normal interview style is to try to get to know a competitor. You know, we learn the origin and then where they're at today. And so it's a very, we've kind of come to an outline of you know, people are gonna know what they're getting when they listen to our show. But with this one guest, he's super, super popular. Everyone knows his origin story, everyone knows about his current business. So we and we're really good friends with the fellow. So we decided, hey, we're going to go more of a Joe Rogan style, for lack of a better word, more of a conversational, more just talk about thoughts, his thoughts on on different things. And whew. Did that get me in some trouble? So, <laughs> so I mean, generally, overall, it did great. It shot up huge. You know, it gave us great numbers. And for the most part, everything was very, very positive, except we did have a little bit of my first taste of people saying, wow, this, you know, this guy's a real jerk or and I think some people did not even, you know, on some different message boards and things, I think some people who really didn't even listen, just wanted to jump on and have a, you know, that anonymous uh, jab at somebody who's trying to do something good for the sport, you know. So that was weird, but so that, 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 that was um, our big thing. The funny thing about that was we recorded the interview. It was huge. We were, we were, we knew this was going to be a huge interview, especially, you know, leading up to were like, Hey, we got this great guest. Then when we did the interview, it was like, wow, this is fantastic. And wouldn't you know it, I had a heart attack the week I was editing this show. So it was a mild heart attack. and I ended up having, you know, going to the hospital. I was in there for a couple of days and like that. Wednesday, it was a Saturday morning. I had a heart attack, and it was like that Wednesday. This thing was supposed to drop, so I had my wife bring my laptop into the hospital, and I edited everything. No, you didn't. Oh my goodness, I did. I edited <laughs> from in the hospital. I used my Wi-Fi, my hotspot on my telephone to upload it to Buzzsprout. Did the alphaonic everything from the hospital. I had gotten out of the hospital. I guess Tuesday morning. And Wednesday morning it hit, and uh, <laughs> and <then laughs> so kind of funny, but it worked in really good because one of our um, our missions that you know we're trying to have a couple things uh, growing a sport. It's a, it's an equestrian sport; people can get hurt, so we've kind of come up with a mission to try to get a thousand people first aid and CPR trained. Well, I had my heart attack a week after. Our training with the guy who was gonna we were gonna work with to supply the training. So when we brought him on the show to do a, an episode to talk about our mission and trying to get people certified, it was like, hey, and just uh, you know, two weeks ago I had a heart attack. So <laughs> it can happen to anybody. <laughs> They're kind of embarrassing, but yeah. So um, that's kind of where the podcast has been. You know, a lot of growth and. You know, the numbers just steady, steady kind of grow and kind of like on our last interview, we were talking about every time someone new learns about the show, they they tend to go back and listen to old old episodes. And, and it's just kind of like interest, you know, it just keeps growing and multiplying and, and we're there. You know, some, some weeks
1: are better than others, but the growth is, I think it's pretty steady. So I'm pretty happy with that. That's great. So. I do want to hear more about this hospital editing challenge <laughs> that you created. I'm not sure if I would recommend it, but it, it does make for a great story. <laughs> it's like, I'm so committed to my podcast. I'll even edit episodes so they go out on time when I'm in a hospital bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty
0: much. Well, it was uh, Normally, I try to have uh, my shows edited probably by my show drops every Wednesday, at midnight, I guess it would be Eastern. And I try to have it uploaded by Sunday evening so I can start a couple promos. I do, uh, you know, the video, the Buzzsprout sound bites. So I was like, man, I gotta get this out. And you know, to be honest with you, I know it was a heart attack and it sounds crazy, but it was the most. I was having a heart attack for probably an hour. We we're actually driving to here's a kind of funny story. You might like this. We're taking my mother to what's called the Sight and Sound Theater, which is a Christian theater. And we were gonna see the show called Jesus. And so, I started not feeling well as my mom was on her way. It was like a Mother's Day gift, birthday gift slash thing. And we start driving. And I'm not feeling well. And we're driving to, to the show. And my mom says, I can't wait to see what Jesus looks like. And I, and I thought in my head, I said, I might be able to tell you what the real deal Jesus looks like here. And that's when <laughs> I decided, let's go to the hospital. Can you just take me to the hospital? And by the time we got to the emergency room and parked, I, it had subsided. So when I walked in the emergency room, I felt a hundred percent EKGs, all that stuff felt good. So the truth is um, it was really good for me to, once I was like kind of admitted to just have something to work on that would keep me occupied. So I wasn't dwelling on, you know, catheterizations and am I going to have surgery and what's, you know, what's next. So it was good therapy for me. I love it. It's not anxious. It, It doesn't make me anxious. It doesn't create anxiety for me. It's more therapeutic sitting down and editing and trying to, Make something perfect as best I can, so that that was it, <laughs> so I was the health I was just telling people I was the healthiest heart attack patient in the hospital, so
1: well, that's good that's good <laughs> so well and and something else that I wanted to follow back on that you mentioned was when you had this really big interview with this well known person and it started doing exceptionally well, and you got your first taste of the negative internet, right. They're not exactly like fanboys. <laughs> so that's something that is, is pretty much inevitable. Whenever you put yourself out there and you're creating something and you have opinions or take stances and it doesn't really matter how careful you are, eventually someone's going to be offended by something you say. So I'm curious like if there was any, anything that you learned or took away from that experience that you plan on doing moving forward to not just... You know, make sure that you feel great about the content you produce, but then also to kind of develop a thick skin, right? So when you see that, you don't let it get you down, because it's super easy to see someone leave a negative comment on something that you just spent hours doing and think, well, you know, if if this stranger doesn't like it, then why am I even doing this? You know?
0: Oh, it's so crazy because I would I, I listen to tons of podcasts and and lots of learning type of things. Always try to better myself and and get better at everything that we're doing here at Major League Eventing. It's so funny that. Everyone says don't you know don't dwell on that hater yada yada. It's funny that um, Pat Flynn had just released at literally like the same time I was going through this a thing on cyberbullying and, and people you know talking about how to deal with this because I was really struggling and my wife Karen she she's my co-host and my business partner like we'd said in the last interview she and I are kind of yin yang and she she helps balance me out and. You know, we saw the stuff. It was so funny. Some people actually said, "Oh, that Rob is a Neanderthal." Really, not nice stuff. And then they said, "But I know Karen is a wonderful person, and I just love her." And I'm thinking, (laughs) "Wow," (laughs) which is funny. So it's like they, as if that's not going to bother her that they hate her husband or they have these nasty things to say. But and then and I thought, you know what? Would I rather be me? who they're hating on or my wife. And I would take it over her having to deal with that. And she and I talked, you know, like we're, we are a team and I talked to her about how I should handle it. Should I, you know, should I do a rebuttal? Should I, you know, and she said, no, just let it go. It's, it's just a couple of people, you're gonna engage and it, it it's only gonna go south. And and I didn't wanna engage in a way to create an argument. I wanted to engage and say, hey guys, you know, like sorry you feel that way. But I think a lot of times with that kind of negativity, it's just people are looking for that argument. They're looking for that reaction from you. And if you give them that reaction, they win. It doesn't mean you don't care. And for me, I always wanna let people know I care and I care about the sport, I care about the people who listen to our podcast, but at the same time, there has to be a level of understanding that, you know, let them vent, let them get it out. And we'll just keep trying to do the best thing we can. And then I just got our first Apple podcast four star review. So up until now, everything's been five stars, either on our Facebook page or on Apple Podcasts, and we got our first four star, and that cut me like a knife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's four stars. It's fantastic, you know? But, uh, you know, it's like you said, you put hours into it and you put your heart into it, and you, you know, we, we, none of us are doing this because we, you know, we, we want to put it the best possible way product. you know, We want people to listen. And their biggest complaint was that our audio wasn't great. During the beginning of the show, we have a little bit of music that we fade out. And and you know what? I I probably was doing a poor job of fading that out low enough that people can hear our conversation well. And then they had a critique about our guest's audio because we do ours more like we just do a phone call through Google Hangouts. Sometimes there's little blips and cutouts and stuff, but our type of guest is very, they're on the move. To ask them to have a USB microphone, or to even just be sitting down in one place, is we would never be able to get a guest every week. So we have to compromise that. So what we did was on our show, we always recognize any reviews that we get. Every person that gave us a five-star review or or whatever, we read it and we tell them we thank you. So we read the four star and. This was someone who wasn't some form. It wasn't something live. They went on our Apple podcast and left the review. So we acknowledged that. And it wasn't hate. It was these people like the show. They want to be able to hear it better. And it's like, wow, well, it's audio and they had trouble hearing it. I'm going to like, I'm going to try to do a better job and I'm going to tell them I'm going do a better job and, and explain, Hey, we're going to try to do a better job with this music that we fade out. And then I explained how just like just now, sometimes our guests were just, we can only ask so much or else we won't have guests. And at the time, we don't know how good their connection is going to be. And for the most part, we've never had one that you couldn't hear, just maybe a blip here and there. We literally had someone, it's a horseback riding thing. We've had a girl, she was trotting her horse, like doing fitness work on her horse, riding her horse during the interview. And <laughs> And she said, you know... My internet is better in this field. I'm riding my horse than at my barn and my house where I live. So what are we going to do? We're going to say, hey, and, and we think it makes for a good story. Sometimes we hear horses in the background or, or gates rattling in or something. We've had people sitting in front of a market just so they had Wi-Fi to take the call. So that's my first couple tastes of, of people who weren't 100% satisfied. And that's how we handled the two different ways. The one where if someone comes on, if someone was to leave an Apple podcast review and said, you guys are horrible we'd read it and we would try to talk about it but i don't think to engage on the forum is the way to do it because it becomes like a, i'm defending myself and i'm attacking you you know and 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 it's you against whoever else wants to gang up on you and they're anonymous people and odds are they've probably seen us out and about at a horse show and have been like hi how are you, you know the same people who are anonymous that are hating on us probably Love us. Who knows? The one person seemed to know my wife Karen very well, so <laughs> and she was hating on me. So, and you know what? To be honest, I don't care for my voice either. And there's times I listen to their show and I said "Gosh, I should have shut my mouth," or you know, I put my foot in my mouth, or, or you know. So that's me. I, that's my own voice, and I can't stand it sometimes. So yeah, you know, if someone's listening and they get a little tired of hearing me, well, do I really blame them, Travis? You know,
1: <laughs> I don't love everything about me. I'm just stuck with me. Yeah, no, I think that's a great perspective, and, and I think it, it really comes down to, you know, only focusing on what you can control, right? There are certain things that are out of your control. Like, you can't, I mean, you can change how your voice sounds, but it's a lot of extra work, and I'm not really sure it's going to pay off for it, you know, <laughs> either way. But also, I think it was really cool how you took the initiative to read the four-star review, talk through, like, hey, yeah, I recognize that sometimes our guests don't have great audio and, but, you know, this and that. It's important to take constructive criticism well, right? Because all of us have areas that we can grow and improve. And, and if we're not willing to accept constructive feedback that says, hey, you know, this isn't as great as you maybe think that it is. And, and here's a way you can make it better. You know, like that's, that's just a part of the game. That's a part of growing, becoming a more well-rounded podcaster and having a higher quality podcast. You know, if, if you live in a bubble and nobody ever says anything negative, then, then you'll never improve. You'll never make it better. Sure.
0: And you better bet that that very next episode, we lowered down the, you know, the audio and the background, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, we've done, I don't know, 80, I don't know how many total episodes, because we have episodes that we count and we have bonuses and we don't number the bonuses. So I'm not sure where exactly we are, maybe 80, 90 episodes, but, um, you know, Hey, in the grand scheme of things, if we did a daily for our job, we'd be in two and a half months in, you know, if it was a full-time job. So you think if you've only done your job two and a half months. So we're still learning. We're hopefully in a couple of years, we'll get good, you know? <laughs> but again, that, that, that was a person who said, hey, they literally said, I love what you're doing. I just wish I could have heard the guest better. And hey, I'm a little hard of hearing. So that music in the background made it difficult for me. So it was constructive criticism. And at the end, they didn't say you're bad people. They said, we love you. We want to hear you better. And how do you how do you get upset with that? You know, you just you have to say thanks, and then we'll address it. Because if that person wrote that, and that was an honest review, that wasn't a, you know, it's one thing you can kind of tell when someone's just kind of wanting to needle you. This was a person who really cares. So if this person had that feeling, someone else does, or a hundred people, you know, and hopefully they hear that and they say, wow, well, wow, Rob and Karen care. They're going to listen to us. They're not going to take it and get nasty at us, and and um, you know, they they value
1: our opinion. So that's that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I do want to talk about one thing which has happened recently, which is that you guys started a Facebook group. You had had a Facebook page for quite a while, but in the middle of June 2019 said, we're going to start a group. Why did you decide to start a Facebook group? What went into that thought process? And then uh, how, how have you been able to sustain its growth? Where now I think the last time I checked, you're almost at two and a half thousand members, which is incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. We're mom and pop. We're private, like kind of independent. Really, the whole major league eventing started two years ago, and it started as a Facebook page and an Instagram page, and it's grassroots. We really haven't no big budget. We take a lot of pride in the growth that we've we've had, and basically through you guys listening to to your educational information. And some others, like I say, I'm kind of a learner. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I think I'm it's pretty common. You have to hear things over and over and over again to finally sink in. And I had heard from you guys and some other training type of things and said Facebook groups are being favored by Facebook or, or being pumped pump, up. And kind of like the podcast, like who am I to have a a podcast? You know, so when we did our podcast, we said we're going to be, By eventy fans, for eventy fans, you know, kind of, um, we're the fans perspective. We we don't try to say that we're the expert. We have the expert on as our guest and we just ask questions as fans. Same thing with the group. We built a website and we put a forum on there and it was like, we really didn't pump it up at all a little bit. And forums can be great, but you have to moderate them really closely. My wife and I, we just did not have it in us to, we're not big forum users, So we eventually said, oh, let's just take that down off the website. And we did. And then, again, our whole mission is to build a community for our sport. And how do you build a community without having a place where people can congregate? A community is a place where people can gather in some way. And, again, we were like, boy, who are we to start a a group? Like, what would a group be about? And then it's just kind of like, look, our identity is everyone's welcome who's into this sport. If you're, whether you're an amateur event rider, a professional, an owner, a fan, an official, you're into the sport. Everyone's a fan in some level. So we said, let's just make a place where everyone can come. And that's kind of our whole mission is because just to back up, our sport has a governing body and recognized horseshoes. You have to be kind of a mid-level competitor on up. And then the lower, lower levels and up to just a little bit above that middle level have what they call unrecognized competitions. So let's just say you're, you're a novice, you have your day job, you have your pocket, but you really love horses and you, you want to compete, but you have no great aspirations of being an Olympian. You just want to do something low, low level. So you're not a member of that recognized organization that hosts the shows and things. So where we are was we're the community that says, Hey, listen, you can be a person who goes out once a year and does the elementary or the little green bean level competition, or you can be the person who's an Olympian. You're welcome here. This is one community. So that's the, the gap we're trying to bridge. So that's how we did. We said, let's, let's start a group where people can just come and and support each other and be positive and supportive. And then the question is, well, how do you do that? How do you regulate that people are going to be the good people? Well, it starts at the top. My wife, Karen, and me, the the people who created the group. So how do we do that? It was a Saturday morning. I said, well, I'm doing it. Starting a group. Boom. It's, It's a button on Facebook. Start a group. Boom. It's done. Pick a picture. You're in. And then I invite a couple friends. And then within a minute, we had five members. And it just grew like crazy. So we want to create this positive enforcement. So for people who don't have a group, when you're the moderator of a Facebook group, there's a very simple button on the right that tells you, you know, basically how many people are on the group and how many have joined this month or week or whatever. You just click a button and it'll, you can, it'll say like, welcome the new members. You just click that button and it populates a post that says, welcome the new members. And it lists everyone and tags them in your post. So it's very easy. And I think when we first started the group, it would populate a hundred people, which is very important to know that now I think it's 50. I don't know why it changed, but it's, it changed. But it's important to know because it'll only be your last 50 or hundred, whatever Facebook decides. So we were growing so fast. You know, we would hit it, and then people would say, "Hey, you didn't, you didn't welcome me to the group." You know, but basically, in a nutshell, we hit that button, and then it says, "You know, welcome the new members." And then under it, I would just type in, uh, "Please take a moment, introduce yourself, and share a picture of yourself." You know, one person doesn't, and then another person doesn't. Next thing you know, you had these people introducing themselves, saying where they're from in the country, what level they're doing. We've had everything from people who were at the top, top, top of the sport, and people who. Are thinking about getting into this sport? We have a guy who just joined up. He is a Revolutionary War cavalry reenactor, and <laughs> so he put pictures of himself up. and He's he makes his own costumes and modifies, you know, the safety equipment, the helmets and stuff. You know, so we're all different types of people. So, and then what we're finding is that community by those people introducing themselves, they're finding people in their area that are similar. So, some people are are connecting and saying, "Hey, I'm a I'm from that area, and 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 I'm a I'm a little green bean, you know, person too that just jumps little logs and stuff." Let's hang out. So that's how the community is starting. So it's it's a lot of work though, because early on, wow, it was it was twice a day in order to make sure we did not miss that hundred person cutoff. We would have to do it morning and night. I'd have to get up, have to do it, and then at night about eight o'clock at night I was doing it again. Within a month we were at about two thousand members. So it's pretty good. We had more members in the group than our Facebook page had been around for two years. So and the engagement's good, and, and it gives us a place to continue to promote the podcast and things like that. We've started trying to ask the Facebook group if they have questions for guests. So we think that's a nice little perk to being in the group as you get a little heads up. You know, we had this one lady on, she's what's called a groom and a groom is the person who, who takes care of the horses for the competitor. They do everything from the, the care the travel with the horses to making sure they're safe and sound. And if there's a problem with the horse calling at the vet, you know, they really manage the horse for the rider. She's world-class. She literally wrote a book called world-class grooming for horses. It was the first time we tried it. We said, Hey, let's, um, you know, just put on the little group. Hey, Emma's coming on the show. Does anyone have a question for Emma? And man, it like wildfire, just tons and tons of questions. So then an episode, you know, we, we read a couple of, fan questions you know people from the group so and that's another cool thing is we have our guests not all of them but some of them are part of the group so then you have um a fan of the sport who's able to message a top rider or a guest on the show and say hey you know i loved you whatever we have the ceo of that sanctioning body for our sport he's a member of the group he we welcomed the, you know, he was part of the list of welcomes. He welcomed us off with a picture and said, hey, and I'm the CEO of the United States Eventing Association. So it's kind of cool to know we just had another girl. The Pan Am Games are coming up. Everyone's trying to figure out how to live stream some of the competition. And we have a girl who's the social media marketing manager for United States Equestrian. She's on our group and she's giving us kind of the inside scoop and saying, all right, I'm going to keep you guys posted. So the group has really turned out to be quite awesome. I'm very, very proud of it. And, and it's become very supportive. We haven't had a single person not be supportive of someone else. We actually had a picture when we first started out. I still do it. I have, um, I'll take photos I've taken and then put like a motivational quote on them. And I had a, from a couple years ago, like maybe four or five years ago, I took a picture of a, a full grown woman riding. She's walking her horse and next to her is her coach. And she's talking, the coaches, they're talking to each other and they kind of got smiles and you could kind of just tell it was a positive exchange between the two. So I just took the picture and I put up a quote that says something along the lines of, um, you know, be an encourager. There's enough critics in the world. That was on the photo. And in the description on Facebook, so the quote was, this is the essence of major league eventers, you know, basically let's be uplifting. And that was humongous. The person on the horse, she was like, I need this picture. That's my coach. And, you know, that's the cool stuff that's happening. Just not even two months. I mean, maybe six, seven weeks tops, a lot of really, really cool things. So I look forward to the future of that.
1: Yeah. And something, I don't know if you did this deliberately or not, or intentionally, but if you want your group to grow and be an avenue for you to introduce new people to your podcast, it can't be name my podcast Facebook group. It needs to bring in people that don't even know who you are yet, right? So, like, by calling your Facebook group Major League Eventers, there are people that are searching through Facebook and they're like, oh, that's, that's a group that I would probably love to be a part of. And they've never heard of you, never heard of your podcast, don't know anything about your Facebook page. They're like, wow, there's all these people that are into the eventing sport that are in this group. I want to be a part of it. Oh, look at these Buzzsprout Visual sound bites. That's really cool. Like, they have a podcast too. And so I think that's, I don't know, was that intentional that you said we're going to create something that's community-oriented first and then, you know, as as appropriate, we'll throw stuff about our podcast in there? Was that something you did intentionally?
0: Yeah, it was. You know, everyone has, like, their, you know, you try to have your, uh, what your audience is going to be called, you know. Uh,
1: your tribe, your tribe name. The yes. tribe,
0: you know, the tribe name. You know, what what do people call each other? And I, I can never, I can never come up with it. Uh, I can never think of it. And then just that day, the day we we're coming up with it, I, I think it was the night before, I, I, the Major League Eventers, and it just kind of went. So it was intentional. I didn't want it to be Major League Eventing group because it's supposed to be a community. It's supposed to be the community's page, not are paid. You know, we we start it and we kind of manage it, but it's the we we want it to be a community space. And we want everyone to understand like oh another thing that we did to grow was every time someone introduced themselves, either myself or my wife personally replied to that introduction and said something as simple as, hey, welcome to the group or welcome to the club. And if we had a little bit of time, we tried to comment on what they had to say. And I think that went a long way too, because then when other people say, wow, this guy's actually replying, like these guys not only said, hey, say hello, but they read it and people like to be heard and acknowledged, you know, that might be the only time that day that person felt heard ever. We want everyone to feel like they are major league uh, no matter how small the jump is that they jump, or no matter if they only get to go and pay to trail ride once a year, but they feel they have that heart, you know, that we want everyone to feel like they are major league. And I don't know if that, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but we want people to have a pride in whatever level they compete at. Basically, as, as low or high, I don't even ride horses. <laughs> I don't ride horses. My wife, she rides, but she's on a break. I mean, financially, we're trying to, you know, we have um, our, our, our kids ride and stuff. That's why you'll never catch me, like, knocking somebody for how they ride or, or, or anything like that. But uh, sometimes people say, hey, I'm, I'm anything, you know, they'll introduce themselves and they say, I'm the opposite of Major League, but here I am I'm jumping this little log going elementary. And I'll reply back, everyone is Major League on this page in our book. And uh, I think people appreciate it, you know, and I I hope that's not sappy, but that's just the way I feel. And that's the way I want the community to be. If the community is prideful of no matter what level. See, the thing is, if you're doing elementary and you're jumping that log, it's like it's like anything else in the world. If you're a podcaster, but you're recording on your iPhone and you do a 10 minute show and it kind of doesn't sound so great. You may not feel like you're as worthy as a person that's got that big mixer or the latest fancy mic, you know. But again, like with our thing, if someone's just jumping that log, we want them to be proud of it and really feel like they belong. Because if you're just jumping logs and you're doing elementary, you're not going to join the United States Eventing Association. There's no reason to. You're not doing recognized competitions. So it's very easy to feel like you're left out of the crew because you don't have the sticker on your trailer that says you're a member of that group. Well, you're welcome to our group no matter what, how big or small you you you, you jump or, or ride or what type of horse you ride.
1: Very cool. What has been the impact to your podcast growth since you launched the Facebook group? Because you have like, you know, your numbers that you kind of expect to get used to the number of downloads you get per episode within the first several days. What kind of jumps or increases did you notice in your download numbers since you started the group?
0: They didn't really go crazy. I did see a jump, and we are getting more new people and more more cities and things like that. I think right now this time of year is a very busy kind of time of year for the riders, so we're not getting quite as many of the top, top people. We're kind of in the in a mode where we're getting a little bit more of the you know, the people who are up and comers and and things like that. So the numbers have definitely stayed with us. And I think that because of the group, they've, they've hung steady. They have gone up. It's just not like, I mean, my perception would be, wow, this guy just got 2,500 people in a month to join the group. His numbers have to be like ridiculous. And it's not the case. However, we have had multiple people say, I discovered the podcast through this group. Like I had no idea this was even here. So, I think that it's, it's the time of year, the numbers normally dip, and because of the group, we were able to kind of stay steady. And then what happens is you'll see this bump all of a sudden. So like, uh, it's kind of funny, but the last, yesterday and the day before, there's a couple horse shows that are national where people are trailering a lot, and there's a lot of traveling. And you can see a big bump on those days when a lot of people are going to this big national show and they're in the trailer for seven, eight hours, and you'll see a big spike for the day. But um, yeah, so we have had a lot of feedback saying because of the group, people found it for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah. And summer is just a weird time for podcasting in general, right? Because typically people have your podcast in their daily routine or their weekly routine. And then over the summer, everyone has a totally different routine. And so so it's it's very normal to see your numbers dip over the summer months and then pick back up after Labor Day, after kids are back in school and Normal routine, and people aren't traveling and going on vacations anymore so so the fact that you're not only holding steady but growing still, I think definitely shows the staying power of that Facebook group and the impact it's having so
0: yeah i you know it's tough, Travis. I know you guys talk about everybody says don't look at the numbers, but you know you you and me both know you know you look at your stats for this show and every other show that you do more than you should <laughs> as I know I do, and uh, as much as I say. I said, I know in the last episode, I said, you know, in the beginning, nobody's listened. Don't worry about it. And that's true. And that really helped me back then. But now it's like, come on, let's, you know, every episode, it's like you, you look at how it opens, but you know, a show, how it opens now, when I wake up in the morning and I look and I have 70 or a hundred downloads before I woke up in the morning, that was just overnight. And, and, uh, as opposed to early on when it was I woke up and there was four downloads and you know two of them were me you know <laughs> making a video sound bite you know <laughs> so I'm glad we started when we did I'm glad for the opportunities that we've been given in the short period of time we've been podcasting I I just I I wouldn't trade it for anything I love it there's no it's never a chore I love everything about it I do have a little bit of anxiety sometimes before I interview someone cuz you just don't know where it's going to go and I don't know. I do get a little anxiety there, but it's not, it's, it's a good anxiety. It's a, it's a, it makes me sharp for the interview, but man, I tell you, editing, putting it out. Every episode is my baby. My wife and I were just talking. We said, boy, someone asked who, who's been your favorite guest? And I tell you, we, we could not, we couldn't decide. I mean, every one of these shows is like a little baby that we, we cultivated, you know, we love them all, you know, for different reasons. And that's the cool thing, too, is but after every interview, we get off and we turn off the mics and then we talk about what we loved about meeting that person. My wife and I, we really feel, and maybe this is unique to us, I don't know, we've made a lot of friends through podcasting. We spend this hour talking to people. We don't even do a video like we are now. We do it just audio. And in that time, we really build, I believe, a friendship with, with a lot of these guests. We've only had one guest <laughs> that it's kind of funny. Cause a lot of times what we do is we go to horse shows and then we'll try to get a selfie with the, one of our former guests, a rider, and they always love it. I mean, we've had the riders come up to us and say, Hey, I'm here. Let's get our picture. You know, and it's kind of funny. Cause it's like, we're looking up to these people normally and they're coming to say, Hey, I'm here for that picture. We're going to get, we've only had one guest ever take the selfie. And she just had no clue who we were she just thought we were some fans that wanted a selfie. We had hats on. Like she was just an oblivious person, and and uh, you know she still to this day has no idea who we are or whatever. But but it's in, it opened up this um this really cool thing. So now what we're going to do that's really cool is there's a horse show coming up this fall that's a really big one not far from home. We're going to do a tailgate and we're going to invite the riders who are now like kind of friends to come and stop by and have a drink, play some cornhole, and our hope is. Fans come, and then they can come, and they can actually co-mingle with some of their their idols. You know, some of these riders that are really cool. So that's the community that we're trying to grow, and 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 it's it really uh, it's very gratifying. I'm very proud of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think what you said about not looking at your downloads as much as you as all of us do is true. I think this might be a good opportunity for me to explain my more nuanced position that I let on. I tend I tend to be pretty hard line. Is like a everyone. You know, refreshes their stats every three hours, like, oh, maybe I got five more listens, right? And that's just not helpful. Like, stats stats are great. They're a great metric. They're a great tool for what they are. But my beef has always been you know, looking at stats in a way that can't help you make decisions about how to improve your show, right? So if you see, like, wow, this episode got 50% more downloads than others, what is there about that episode that did well? And how can I do more of that? Because clearly that's working. Or, you know, is my audience growing steadily over time or do I notice a drop off and what could have contributed to that drop off, right? Like stats are are a tool. I think that the danger is getting so caught up in them that the reason we keep podcasting is to see numbers continue to go up, right? And that's, that's where you, you get into kind of a danger zone where you're, you're just doing it for the numbers instead of for the reason you got into podcasting in the first place.
0: I agree. I mean, it's fun to say, "Hey, people are listening." You know what we do, which is kind of cool. I, I, I think it's fun. Normally, like a day or two after the episode drops, I'll message the guests. You know, we'll let them know that, you know, how it's doing and things, and I'll tell them how many countries it's been downloaded in, and how many cities. And sometimes I'll make like a like yesterday. I said, "Hey," to, to the one person. I said, "Yeah, and you've been downloading in three hundred plus cities and." Did you know you were popular in Portland, Oregon, you know, and which was like their number one download, which is a completely non-eventing town. I don't know where Portland started listening to this show, but for this episode, Portland, Oregon was the top city for her at that time. And she was like, wow, that's, you know, it's just really cool to think, you know, the fact that we're giving that feedback back to the guests so they know, hey, I was downloaded in 10 or 15 countries and, and, and these crazy cities. So, And your stats are very good. I know that's a lot of questions that people get is, are, are the stats good with Buzzsprout? There's certain horse towns, especially like our sport. Our sport has certain areas of the country that are very, very popular. And those areas show up on our stats. So that the, they're good. You know, a lot of like if, if it's just a general podcast, you don't know if it makes sense that, you know, the cities that are coming up. But for us, a lot of those cities are really, really very eventing ground zero type of city so your stats are good
1: in case anyone ever wants to know <laughs> thanks rob i appreciate the vote of, the vote of confidence there
0: <laughs> and we get a lot of cool countries that are that are eventing you know our, ours is the united states canada great britain those are always the top three australia is big and uh new zealand you know and those are all big eventing countries and Germany's in there and stuff
1: but a plus for the stats i i appreciate
0: them i think they're good
1: Thanks, Rob. Uh, Now, one thing I'm curious about, so you hit the one year mark not too long ago. And and I know that as you put out episodes and refine your process and get into a rhythm and know how you want to do your episodes, you kind of settle into a nice routine, right? With your podcast and your flow and everything like that. But I also know that as you continue to put out episodes, you want to keep it fresh. You want to try things. You want to try different ideas and, and experiment with different ways of doing the audio or different ways of doing the conversation. And I'm curious how has your podcast evolved over the last 6 months and then and then what are some things that you want to try in the future just to like test and see and see how things work. That's a really really good question. Early on was very we
0: wanted to make sure that it was very obvious that we didn't think we were the stars of the show. So we were very much more structured in in the show asking the questions, a little bit of follow-up, but it was very much more to the script and over time we've gotten more comfortable. So we've talked, we do a little bit more uh, banter back and forth and things like that. And I think that that's helpful because one thing is I think that people want to hear the guests and we do see numbers go up. The, The kind of the bigger, the name or the more popular, the guest, the better the downloads are at least early on. But for, we, we still need people to like, Karen and myself we need to share that we have a, a personality or else when we have that a guest who's an up and comer who that fan doesn't know about if they're if they're just at least if they if they at least like Karen and Rob they'll they'll be they'll get introduced to this new guest so we have in, in interjected a little bit more of our personal life again is more of just our personal side not that we're the experts in the sport so we've done a little bit more of that that's evolved since since the beginning for sure. And uh I think the future and I've thought about this a bit lately. We still have a lot of guests, a lot of people that we have not had on that we want to have on. But eventually we're gonna have to start having repeat guests. It may not be for a while yet, but you know, and and I think how are we gonna integrate that? Because you know, the formula is the where'd you come from and what's your current business and all that stuff. And I think that kind of just like what you have just done with me is what we're gonna do, I think there's gonna be a little bit of this of hey, where have you been since we've talked last? Because everyone's life changes in over a year or two years, and um, and we know for a fact some of these riders who we've interviewed have had major changes, whether it be they've they've uh, moved to Europe to train horses, and or they've had kids, or all of a sudden they went from when we talked to them they were just setting out on their own, said so they had two or three horses in training and now they're killing it and they have 25 horses in training. So we're probably going to do kind of like what you're doing here and, and just kind of circle around and just do an update here and there. And uh, I think that's the future, even though we're still going to, we still want, there's always plenty of people that are new to introduce, but I think that um, it'd be crazy to say, sorry, sir, you've been on the show. That's it. You know, find someone else to talk to. <laughs> We've had a few repeat people, but not, they were all bonus people, really. They weren't really the real essence of the show, which are like the guests. So, you know, and we're trying some different stuff. Like I said earlier, we 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 had, um, you know, we had this kind of mission to get people first aid and CPR trained. And what we did was the goal was one year one thousand people trained and we're not trainers again we're trying to work with a person who does the training and then the 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 spiff is over the first six months whoever's group office barn club whatever it is has the most they can be a guest on the show so we're hoping that that kind of stirs people up so if anyone wants first aid CPR training hit me up too because <laughs> we don't don't have to just be a horse person but you know and then also We're working with another person who is, they do rider safety and fall training off of horses. We just, unfortunately, two weeks ago, a 13 year old young lady who um, was on a a really, really nice, beautiful, wonderful horse, just had a tragic fall and her and the horse did not make it. These people do a, uh, they do rider fall training. So if you fall off the horse, they kind of help give you the best chance of creating a, a, a system for getting out of harm's way. So we're working with those people and that's kind of just a, you know, they're not a sponsor. They're just someone that they're not paying us. We're just someone that we believe in what they're doing and we're, we're trying to go with them. So things like that in the future, I think we're actually going to come up with a, um, now that we have like a store on our website, we're going to do a fundraiser for, um, breast cancer research since it's primarily, we're 95% ladies on our group and everything. So we think that it'd be great to do a, a fundraiser for breast cancer, you know, charities, so that's kind of some stuff that's coming up in the future. And we're, trying to, we're not just trying to grow ourselves and our, our growth. We're trying to really make an impact and, and help a, a broad
1: range of people. That sounds very exciting. Let me know how all that goes. I think it's some really cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm probably focusing a little too much on helping everyone else and
0: you know, than, than actually making money. But I think that um, the more impact we can make in helping people – you know, we're doing okay. You know, we have a nice, really, really wonderful sponsor and they 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 basically cover all of our podcasting expenses. And uh, you know, we like to get some more sponsors and all that too and wanna grow the business. But you know, we're the number one thing is if we can make an impact and help the sport and help the community, everything else falls into place. You know, same thing with like you were saying with the with the statistics and looking at your numbers, it kind of drives me crazy sometimes I see people say, "Oh what what should my numbers be right now?" and it's like, and you know in the back of their mind, they're saying, "So I can get a sponsor you know like this everyone's looking for that dollar amount, and it's like just if you don't enjoy this, it doesn't matter how much money you're getting paid you're not gonna it's 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 either it's not gonna be good or no one's gonna listen so just do it because you enjoy it and then money and, and fame and fortune and all, all of your dreams will come true. But focus on doing a good job at this and enjoying what you're doing and, and uh, making it a show that you would
1: want to listen to. Wise advice. Wise advice, Rob. <laughs> well, Rob, it's been great having you on the, on the podcast again. I'm glad we could do round two together. I've got one last question for you, bud. If you had a time machine that could go back in time to the day before you started your podcast and give yourself one piece of advice, what do you think that would be?
0: Use Alphonic. I'm a big Alphonic guy. Thanks to you.
1: <laughs> awesome. Why? Why? Why use Alphonic? How does it helped your podcast?
0: Alphonic. Alphonic's been great for for that big boisterous laugh of mine. It really has helped smooth things out for me. It just really does polish it. I don't. That's that's the right word for it. It just polishes it off. I use Audacity for editing and the setting the volumes and things like that are um are you know. Audacity, I don't know if it has it or not, but there's nothing that i found that says the luffs and, and things of that sort. So Alphonic just makes it very simple. There it is. It's you select what you want, normally sixteen negative sixteen or nineteen, depending on you know, you said use negative nineteen for a mono, and that's what we use. And um you're like my mentor in this whole thing. I gotta be honest with you. Um even though I started podcasting before how to podcast podcast came out, I still went back and listened to it and you taught me a lot and you really have been a mentor to me. So I would also, I guess, I guess I couldn't give that advice, but Alphonic, that would be my, my go-to thing.
1: Nice. Very nice. Way to, way to end strong there, Rob. That was good.
0: (laughs) I really appreciate it. Man, I tell you what, Travis, you really are my mentor, buddy. I I (laughs) thank you so much for
1: everything. If you are a fan of eventing and would love to hear from the writers and professionals that make it all possible, Make sure to check out Major League Eventing at MajorLeagueEventing.com and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. Just click on the link in the show notes to submit your application. And if today's episode inspired you, resonated with you, or if you learned something new, I would love to hear from you. The easiest way to do that is to leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought of today's interview. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can jump into the Buzzsprout podcast community on Facebook. And make sure to stick around for the bonus episode coming out this Friday where I answer Rob's number one question about podcasting. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.